Today on Locked On Bama, we're going to talk a little prime time, and I don't mean Deion Sanders. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, got some news today that Alabama, Texas, to the shock of nobody, will be uh, the primetime game, 6 p.m. on ESPN, second game of the year. This is big news. I love it. I love the fact we're not going to play in the morning. I also love the fact that this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. We'll talk about Bird Dogs here in just a little bit. But, um, Jimmy, big news if you ask me. I, look, I'm one of those guys that loves to talk about future schedules. I love to talk about uh, – to, to speculate when our games will be on TV. I just think that's so cool. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it gives me something to get through the summer. I love to think about, you know, when, when Alabama and Purdue announce for a basketball game in Toronto. I just think that's awesome. I just – it's more fun to me to talk about the game than the actual game sometimes. But Alabama, Texas at 6 p.m. ESPN, uh, second week of the season, probably the most anticipated game of the year, I would say. Yeah, uh, even got word from a, a, a local uh, ticket broker. This worked the Tuscaloosa market for a long time. He thinks this will be the most in-demand ticket since the 2011 regular season game with LSU, the game of the century in 2011. He thinks this game – the tickets will be in similar demand to that. And uh, now that it's 6 p.m. kickoff, there's just no doubt it's true. Uh, you avoid the heat of the day. That 11 a.m. Texas kick last year was just absolutely brutal. One of the hottest games I've ever been to. Um, I think ESPN College Game Day is likely to be there. Uh, I think it could be one of those rare Saturdays that uh, Game Day's here and SEC Nation from SEC Networks here. I, I mean, it's going to be really, really big because it's early. It's two huge brands. It's two teams probably both in the top ten. Uh, star power uh, in the game for sure. And uh, Herb Street and Fowler in the booth. Um, yeah, it, it, it has such a huge big game feel to it. There will be thousands of people in Tuscaloosa Loop without tickets. I think there will be a lot of Texas fans in Tuscaloosa without tickets. Uh, just watching the game on the strip downtown and and, and on big screens on, on the quad. Uh, what uh, fantastic news. I was a little worried it would be 2.30 in the sense that, uh, you know, this is the last year of the CBS contract. But for whatever reason, CBS sometimes doesn't start broadcasting games until week three because they have a U.S. Open tennis in weeks one and two, which is a prestige thing for them. But, hey, I'm no uh, I'm no TV executive, but I'm pretty sure – Alabama Texas football is going to outdraw the women's final, which is what is Saturday afternoon from Saturday prime time. I'm, I'm not sure what time that, that that tennis match will kick off. But uh, wow, Luke, I'm I'm excited. This I was already woke up in a football mood, but but this just like you. I mean, when you get a kickoff time, now you can set your day. Now you know what your day will look like. I mean, in terms of the itinerary for the day. Uh, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, and, and again, avoiding the heat of the day is big, too. Uh, anytime you can play a night game in September, that's big. But Texas fans have never been to Tuscaloosa, and now they'll get to see Bryant Denny uh, with, with the big uh, light show. So 
yeah, I'm uh, fired up. Uh, I've seen a couple of lines at Alabama, seven, eight-point favorite or so. I think uh, as the game gets closer, that might get a little tighter, which is, uh, you know, fine. Uh, I think this might be – how about this, Luke? Based on when we play, and I'm not about 6 p.m. until about week when we play, this might be the toughest game on the, on the whole schedule. I agree because our quarterback situation probably will not be settled. It'll right. probably still be up in the air to a degree. I mean, maybe, you know, obviously somebody will have started against Middle Tennessee State. Um, but my bet is that uh, two, maybe three guys play quarterback that game. And, uh, you know, things are sort of still up in the air. Now, I guess it's theoretically possible that things are up in there at Texas, even though Quinn Ewers seems to have a stranglehold on that for now. Um, I don't know, but I'm with you. I think this is definitely one of the tougher games of the year. I think there's a lot of pressure on Alabama to reassert its dominance in this game too. Um, There's a lot of pressure on Texas to show they belong. There's part of me that hates the fact that uh, this is about to be more of a routine game because I like the fact that this is sort of a I like looking at this as sort of a one-off thing. Like, okay, we get Texas for a home-and-home, and and then we sort of back away for a little bit and maybe take on somebody different. Well, now they're going to be in Tuscaloosa, what, at least once every four years, it seems like, because that's the – isn't that the deal that everybody's going to get to play everybody home and away, assuming you go to a nine-game schedule in this pod system or whatever that they're not calling a pod system. But I think you're – I've heard a fun rumor about that, by the way. Ready for a fun rumor? I am. And, again, I want to stress this is rumor. As we know, Alabama's been the number one proponent in the SEC of playing the nine-game schedule. It's been Alabama. Nick Saban has been way before Texas and Oklahoma joined the league. Before that, Nick Saban was saying, we need to play nine games. If people don't understand that, then, they're, they, then they either don't know the facts or they're being disingenuous because Nick Saban has led the fight for a nine-game schedule. So the nine-game schedule is presented, and they said, this is the best we can do, and Alabama doesn't like it because Alabama's three opponents and Alabama's view gives Alabama the toughest slate of anyone in the whole conference and a couple of teams that Alabama considers it's a direct competition to win this league have lighter slates and Alabama considers that playing field unfair. So the rumor is that Alabama is going to tip the scales by withdrawing support for nine games and supporting eight games because Alabama feels that's the only fair way to do it. This, this is what you're going to do with the nine games. We don't want any part of it. It's not fair. And if we start supporting the eight game, that tips the scales to where now the majority of the league, because it's supposedly roughly seven versus seven on the nine games, and it's kind of a deadlock. <laughs> but Alabama, if they withdrew their support for nine games, started supporting the eight games, then eight games would win the day. And, and that is a rumor. I'm not saying it's true, but – I've I hope it's true. It's fun. It's fun. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. I mean, yeah, because yeah. it is it's BS. If Alabama has to play LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn every year, nobody else has to do anything like that and remotely close. So I'm totally fine saying that. Now, look, and here's the thing. I know some people say, well, it sort of evens out. It doesn't even out. It doesn't even out at all. No, I mean, Tennessee look, would be playing something like uh, – Tennessee would play something like – Georgia, Kentucky, and Vandy. That's yeah, Tennessee. that's BS. I mean, we're competing with Tennessee. Again, there's going to be, first of all, things are moderately cyclical, you know, but they're cyclical. 
um, in a very non-cyclical way, in a sense that Alabama is always going to be up around in here. Now, they may take a dip for a, a year or two to five, but then they're going to be back up. Um, Vandy may be good. You know, they had, what, back-to-back nine-win seasons under uh, uh, their, their co- the coach at Penn State now, but they're never going to – they might never do that again. So, I mean, to say it's cyclical is not, not – is Yeah, Alabama, is under, under the apparent proposal, Luke, Alabama is the only team playing three teams who have all won the national championship in the last 25 years. Yep. No, no one right. else has No one else has that. So, that'd be, that'd and, be crap. and again, I'm not saying that it's true. I'm just saying that rumor's out there. And uh, it would just be funny to me, although everyone's going to, everyone's going to, I mean, the backlash against Alabama, it, it's come, you can set your watch to it if that's what happens, you know, if, if that's really what happens. But it's funny to me in the sense that, you know, Alabama led the charge on playing nine games. Alabama wanted to play nine before Texas and Oklahoma were even in the league. And then when Texas and Oklahoma were in the league, Alabama still wanted to play nine. They just saw the nine-game plan and said, no, 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 that's unfair to us and fair to everyone else. Uh, that's, that's the rumor anyway. If they couldn't change, change it to satisfy Alabama, Alabama's like, okay, we'll play eight games uh, and we'll just have one. Uh, annual opponent, which in this case will be Auburn, and then uh, all you know. It reminds me, yeah. yeah. It reminds me of like if, if somebody. I've always wanted to go to Cuba for whatever reason. I always thought it was beautiful, like it's stepping back in time, like going back to the fifties or sixties or something. I always thought it'd be cool, right? And um, somebody said, "Okay, Luke, you got a free trip to Cuba. You got to swim, though." I'm like, "No, I don't want to do that." I, I mean, but you always wanted to go. I know I did, but I didn't want to swim. Okay, so, anyway, um, I got to tell everybody about bird dogs. I'm supposed to have an overlay for the YouTube guys out there. I don't. Y'all don't know. Y'all know about bird dogs. The the clothing line, absolutely awesome stuff. I've been seeing them advertised so much, and I realize, you know, it's it's got to be one of those things where the more you see somebody advertise, you're like, that company's getting pretty big. And their stuff always looks so cool to me. And I'm not a clothes horse, so I don't order a lot of clothes. Like, you've probably seen me wear this shirt 30 times on this podcast. But now we got them as a sponsor. They're going to send us some merch. I'm so excited about it. And, like, I can't wait to get it and love it and dote over it. And then I'm going to order some more. Bird Dogs, they bring in you today's episode. Go to birddogs.com slash college, And when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, enter that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. If you don't like Yetis and you don't like tumblers, well, you just don't need to listen to this podcast because we are the Yeti-lovingest, tumbler-lovingest, bird dog-havingest bunch you ever saw in your life. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddog.com slash locked on college, put in locked on college as your promo code and you will get a free Yeti style tumbler with every order. That is going to be super cool. Um, I'm telling you this bird dog stuff is so awesome. I can't wait to get our free merch, Jimmy. That is going to be so cool. I can't wait to show it off here on the podcast. All right. So on tomorrow's podcast, we will continue your countdown. Um, speaking of your countdown, we are also right now going to talk about Yanzi Pierre, who is number, I guess, 79 in your countdown. Now, this is going to make some people get a little, uh, you know, ornery, I think, because I, me, I love Yanzi Pierre. I think he could easily play this year. 
Um, but you're, again, you're not saying he's the 79th most talented player on this team. You're saying uh, in terms of do you think he'll play this year, he might be number 79 if you had to rank people, which you are currently doing. So Yanzi Pierre out of Ufala, who is exceptionally fast, got long arms, um, vicious. I think that's a good way to put it. Well, I saw him in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. I thought he looked good. Um, I just think he's a really good player. And I think you've got him at number 79. If I were doing my own ranking, I would have him probably more in the low 60s. But I can't wait to hear why you have him here. Yeah, just as a guy that, uh, you know, it, it's not a statement about his talent. As a matter of fact, I, I would go so far to say today, I would project that one day, Yonsei Pierre will be a multi-year starter at Alabama, an all-star player who does things like win first-team All-SEC honors and then is a high draft pick, like in the, uh, you know, no worse than like a day two type type draft pick. Uh, I'm, I couldn't be any higher on Yonsei in the long term. And I also think he is a guy that could be a good player quickly. Uh, I just am still in the part of the rankings where I'm projecting red shirts and I'm not going to rank a guy who's going to redshirt over a guy that we're going to see play every single week or, or most weeks. So we're just not going to see him this fall. This ranking is about this fall's team, not uh, your four-year projection at Alabama. Uh, so in relation to this fall's team, I've uh, picked out about 12, 12 guys or so, 13, uh, a little less than half the class, 12 or 13 guys that I think, boy, what a great picture that is, by the way. He, he looks like a five-star just in that photo. Look um, at those arms, Jimmy. He can pick yeah. up a quarter without bending over. Yeah, long arms are just – I mean, that's that's a pass rusher right there made in a lab. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about Pierre. I just think he's going to redshirt. I, I find three reasons why I think he's going to redshirt. Sometimes you only need one, but uh, there's three, I, I, I feel. Number one – uh, he does need to add size. He he does. He he's not uh, as as big and thick as a Will Anderson or a Dallas Turner, uh, you know, or Chris Braswell just yet. That that's been our starting outside linebackers last year and this year. He's not as heavy, uh, not as strong as those guys yet. So uh, reason enough uh, is that he does need to get a little bigger. Not not stunningly bigger. He doesn't need to go on the organic peanut butter eating plan. But he 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 needs to spend a year getting bigger and stronger. Uh, number two, he's a late arrival. Uh, we have 31 or 32 new players when you count the portal guys, uh, but but really uh, just about every single one of them, only four of the freshmen, the, the true freshmen, only four of them did not enroll early. Upshaw, Keon Keeley, Richard Young, and Connor Talty. So, uh, so uh, Pierre is one of the four that did not uh, – enroll early and go through spring. So that's going to put him behind the others. Uh, he, he didn't spend the spring practicing, working out with the team, learning the playbook, learning the scheme. He was back home in Ufala doing uh, high school things. No fault of his own, but it's going to put him behind the others. So that's reason number two to redshirt. Reason number two, frankly, and that's look who is ahead of him. How are you going to find snaps? Nick Saban has not normally rotated at this position beyond about three players. There's been about a three-player max rotation. Uh, let's even say this year they decide to move it to four just simply because there's so many good players. Well, Yonsei's not going to beat out Dallas Turner or Chris Braswell. I mean, we should know that. Uh, I'll tell you who's, who's playing like a first-team starter now is Quandarius Robinson. Hugh Robinson really turned a corner at the end of last fall. He carried that through the spring. 
he played like a first team player the entire spring and, and he deserves first team snaps. And I think he'll get some uh, subbing in for, for Turner and Braswell, uh, you know, as a pass rusher. So he's number three. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, even though uh, he's a true freshman and a late arrival, I'm going to distinguish between Pierre and Keon Keeley. I, I think Keon Keeley is just at a whole nother level. And I think like a Will Anderson or a Bryce Young, uh, I, I think Keon Keeley's in that class of player. I would put him fourth, uh, which means that even at fifth and sixth at, on the offensive line, uh, outside linebacker pecking order, you still have Keanu Coat, Co- who had what, like three sacks on A-Day? He had like three sacks. I got him fifth. And sixth is Jeremiah Alexander. And even seventh is Quay Russell, who played outside linebacker this spring, and he was here all spring, and Ben Pierre wasn't. So when you look at all of those guys, he would have to jump over to get very limited snaps. I I just don't see why you would just waste uh, that year of eligibility. Uh, You can still play in four games and the bowl. Uh, You still get him ready to play if needed. Uh, I think you, you practice him like you intend to play him. And, and in fact, you do play him in a, in a couple of games to get his feet wet. But I see no reason to waste the, uh, by playing him in a fifth or a sixth game for about four snaps. Uh, it, it's just unwise. Uh, you never know down the road when he could get hurt or something like that. You really wish, uh, you know, that he had an extra year. Well, this gives him the extra year. So that's why I think Yonsei Pierre will redshirt and redshirting is the sole reason I have him here at 79. Boy, I just put this picture up for those on YouTube. And, I mean, it may not look impressive. Look how effortlessly he is jumping. I mean, his his feet, his toes aren't even pointed towards the ground. So he's sort of like flat-footed jumping and staying flat-footed. And look at that reach, trying to block that pass. I mean, he's doing all that in pads. I mean, the guy's just a freak of an athlete. And – um yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Yonzi Pierre. So, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some other recruiting news uh, about the Buford boys. And we're back. So, Jimmy, uh, your buddy and my buddy of Hastings had a little article on the Buford kids, um, two five-stars, Edric Houston and K.J. Bolden. Um, Edric Houston, nation's number four defensive lineman, according to own three. Uh, He will be in town from June 23rd to June 25th. Ironically, I'll be in New York at that time, um, which is probably good because I would go over there and fanboy all over (laughs) Edric Houston, I'm sure. You know, come come to Bama. I love you, Edric. Um, That would work. That would help. That would help. I think that would definitely help. There's nothing that uh, today's youth uh, in sports enjoys more than a 50-year-old man uh, just (laughs) doting over them. Stalking him in multiple states. Stalking. That's a much better term. I was I was trying to keep it uh, where I didn't look as bad. Doting was was not as good as stalking. You're right. Uh, let's not forget from Buford. From Buford, we have Jake Pope, Justice Haynes, Isaiah Bond, and Seth McLaughlin. So we've got some ends here with KJ Bolton and Edric Houston, um, and I'm feeling better and better about both of their recruitments. Yeah, Joseph Hastings even went as far as to say he would bet that we would get at least one of the two. And, and honestly, as great as, as those two guys are, K.J. Bolden and Edric Houston, as great as they are, hey, if you told me right now we would get one, uh, if, 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 hey, would you take one right now? 
even if that means the other one's going to go to Georgia. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I don't care which one. I mean, I like Houston because he's, you know, a big guy. But uh, no, that they're awesome. And, and how weird is it that that Buford pipeline is working out for Alabama better than the Thompson pipeline? Luke uh, pointed that out earlier this week or last week uh, that, you know, we're, we're regularly signing kids from the best program in Alabama and Thompson. But they haven't exactly been working out that great. But the Buford and, uh, and, and, and more may be on the way. And I, and I saw pictures of, uh, of a freshman they have over there that's just absolutely ridiculous. So. Um, very excited about K.J. Bolden and Edric Houston liking Alabama. If, if you're a subscriber to Bama Insider uh, or follow us on Twitter, you've seen the great pictures. This is how much they like Alabama. Unprompted, Joseph's going to take a picture. That's big for when we go on the road for a little inside baseball to people. You know, we own. you, you got to take the photograph yourself to own it and, and use it, right? So, uh, so it's big for Joseph that he gets photo and video that he takes. That, uh, that we can use it on three. Uh, and so he, he takes a video of them uh, doing the crane. He didn't ask him to do it. They did it unprompted, both of them. They're like, hey, can we say roll tide and do the crane? And just like, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and, they, and they did. So they, they did the crane unprompted, uh, which shows how they both are about Alabama. And it does look like both will take an official visit to Alabama. And like Luke said, once you get them on campus and they're they're with their pals like Justice Haynes, uh, we got a real good shot. I, I like both these. Shoot, I, I've unmuted and then remuted myself. That's that's a first. Um, I, Two I for like Tuesday. Both these Two for Tuesday. Uh, yeah, just I've given you more mutes than you could possibly want today. Um, I got another controversial redshirt tomorrow on the ranking show. Everybody tune in to get upset with me again. I got a, a very controversial redshirt on tomorrow's show. Uh, I think I think it's something I can't wait. Um, speaking, uh, you mentioned Georgia just a minute ago. They got a commitment from Dylan Raiola. I think that's how you say it. Uh, the the top quarterback in the country uh, for next year, and Alabama's got the second best quarterback in the country for next year. And Julian saying, Sayin's from California. Raiola's from Phoenix, Arizona. Again, Alabama and Georgia reaching out to the West Coast, uh, getting some guys from the Pac-12 area. Um, meanwhile, I mean, I just I find that I'm, I'm a big recruiting guy, so I, I think that's interesting. Georgia's not going anywhere. Uh, obviously we're not going anywhere. And, um, meanwhile, the ACC, uh, Brett McMurphy puts out a report that seven, the magnificent seven of, of the a ACC, they're trying to get some, uh, support to, to break away from whatever current deals they have with their grant of rights and everything else. And boy, Jimmy, things are moving so fast now. I mean, it, it, it really, we said this a while back that, I mean, it's going to end up being probably two super conferences. I mean, you know, yeah, the, will the Big 12 survive and the Pac-12 survive? I, I guess maybe for a little while. I, I can't see this ending any other way than there's a Big 10 and there's an SEC, and maybe we end up calling them something different because, I mean, it's going to be like an AFC-NFC. But um, the the ACC looks kind of – it's funny how these these – uh, the lower conferences, non-SEC, non-Big Ten, they keep jockeying for a position of who's last on the totem pole. I mean, for the longest time, it looked like Pac-12 was going to go the way of the Dodo. Then Big 12 looked like it was left for dead. And now it looks like the ACC is the one that's being hung out to dry. And 
gosh, I mean, I, there's so many cool things to talk about. We could have a hundred podcasts on who would you like to have out of that bunch of teams. I mean, you know, some people would love Florida State, some people would love Miami, but the problem is, or some people love Clemson. The problem is those teams don't really add any footprints for the SEC. I mean, I think North Carolina makes a ton of sense, but academically, North Carolina makes more sense for the Big Ten. So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there, but the 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 college football landscape just is changing so fast, and I hate it because I'm a traditionalist. Well, people need to just remember this. For any sort of alignment talk, uh, regardless of what programs you like or what colors look good or how prestigious it would be if, if SEC added FSU and Clemson or however you want to look at that. It, it's really this simple to, to, to add to the conference. It requires a vote uh, of the league members and league members are all self-interested as they should be. Alabama is too. And for Alabama or any other team in the SEC to vote, to, to add a member, it, it all starts with this number. How much money are we paid by the league, because we're a member of this league. How much money do we make? And let's say that figure is something like $50 million. Okay, Alabama gets $50 million because you're in the SEC, okay? If we're going to add somebody, there's only one reason to do it. That $50 million number goes up. And, and it has to be explained to the league, like, hey, if we add this team or add this team, you're making more than $50 million. Here, here's how much money we estimate we will now make by adding these two. If you just add a team, Rutgers or, or, or VMI, just adding a team, that doesn't mean you're adding money. Some brands, some schools will add money to the league because they're either in a new TV market or TV loves them, and obviously TV drives a lot of this. But just everybody needs to keep that in mind when it comes to this discussion. And where fans really go wrong is they think it's about the prestige of adding teams that win games. No, no. Then Boise would be a team everyone would be trying to add. But no one's trying to add Boise. Why? Because Boise, Idaho isn't a big TV market. And the state of Idaho is a terrible TV market. And Boise doesn't add money to the coffers. Uh, but they do win games. Uh, so anyway, so it's real complicated uh, but everybody just needs to keep that in mind about when it comes to adding teams, what they're trying to add. They're trying to add revenue, not trying to add, quote, wins. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much. We are, as of right now, one subscriber away from 4,900. So we're 101 away from 5,000. We are 5,101 away from 10,000. I mean, Let's see if we can get 5,101 guys in the next 24 hours. What do y'all say? Um, appreciate you. you get mad at me about my who I'm going to tell you guys is going to redshirt tomorrow. None of Yonze Pierre's family is going to subscribe. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.